Hello guys and welcome to Happy Single Mums. Are you really just going to copy everything I'm saying? Yes! <laughs> Hello guys and welcome to Happy Single Mums, a podcast surrounding real single mummy lives. So, here's your host, me, Khalifa. Hi guys, my name is Khalifa and welcome to the Happy Single Moms podcast. Um, I um, want to let you lot know about a lovely lady called Carly Newman. She has her own platform. She's a coach. She basically helps moms build their self-worth. And I think that's something that we so need, especially being single moms, especially being women as well. Like our value is based on a lot of outwardly things and not something that's inwardly. If you get what I mean, we seek validations for things that are kind of, I don't want to say superficial, but when you actually look at things in a grand scheme of it, you think, why, especially in relationships as well, like you just seek so much validation. I've been guilty of it anyway, of seeking validation from a man. Like I'll be in a relationship and like, oh, do you love me? Um, I need your attention. And it's not until you break up with someone you think, oh my God, I was like kind of super needy. So um, I kind of went on my own like self-discovery with having therapy. I still make mistakes anyway, but like I read this magnificent book called Attached that kind of made me understand Mm, such a good book. Yeah, why I made some of the poor, very, very poor decisions I made in picking a spouse or um, why I used to seek validation from, from other people. And it's still a journey that I'm on. But when I saw your Instagram page, I was like, do you know what? You're delivering something that we desperately, desperately need right now, especially as single moms and knowing what our self-worth is, removing, apart from our children as well, you know, because we can get self-worth. Yeah, absolutely. And apart from our children because ultimately they're going to grow and they're going to go and it's just going to be ourselves <laughs> so please tell the audience a bit about yourself oh thank you thank you so much for having me I'm really excited um to do this it's my first uh podcast um and I've listened to lots of your podcasts um and you've had got, um, guests on that I follow as well so yeah it was really exciting for me um so yeah thank you for having me um I'm Carly I'm single mum to Ezra who is three um and I think similarly to you I've been a single mum since pretty much the beginning so when I was um Uh, pregnant and uh, made well I don't know about similar decisions but took decisions that um, at the time that relationship wasn't going to offer me what I needed um, and that he wasn't going to be able to commit to us in the way that like I felt we both deserved so um, walked away from it but I think similarly to you have made well I don't like to say mistakes but yeah when you reflect back you you know you kind of understand them um, both with my son's dad and people previously to that Um, and I've also done a lot of work on that and since then I've um, trained and qualified uh, as a life coach and I'm trained in neuro-linguistic programming and emotional freedom technique but what I really I guess uh, focus on is around people's mindset and shifting their sort of limiting beliefs to do with like what they might previously have believed about themselves and getting to the root of that and trying to understand where they've come from and how can we change them. Um, And I'm currently still working um, in my sort of, well, I say corporate job, but it's actually um, for a charity. So I do that part-time. So trying to sort of balance and juggle quite a lot on top of um, obviously being uh, a single mom as well. Um, I don't co-parent, 
And I think um, it's interesting. I think single parents are just interested to know what other single parents' um, situations are. So I don't co-parent. Um, so I don't sort of get that time at the weekend, but also I don't have to deal with co-parenting. Uh, but I live quite um, close to my family in we're based in southeast London so that's helpful yeah my my mum helps me I don't I although I say I'm a single mother my mum really helps me a lot because she usually takes my son over the weekends so it kind mm. of it kind of respite whereby I can chill but then I had to take some time to know that okay the time that he's away I need to do stuff for me because I was just I ended up just doing housework just doing things and before you know it boom the child is back again you think oh you have so much resentment like oh you I wasted my free time doing absolutely nothing like nothing for myself anyway I was ironing or you know cleaning the house so it, it took me a very very long time we actually I actually spoke to mum about it on one of the podcasts and she was like do stuff for yourself don't just spend mm. your free time doing housework hire someone if you have to to clean the house and just yeah just value yourself more Absolutely. I, I like um, one of the things I encourage is obviously if uh, like finances permit, like get things in that are going to help you, whether that be a cleaner. So I live in quite a small flat. And so that's something I think I can stay on top of. But I do get like Hello Fresh meals because then it's one less thing to think about in terms of planning and going shopping. And um, um, also for me, it's just a way to make sure that I eat properly um, which is just another way of like taking care of yourself rather than getting to the evening and you're too tired and then you're like oh I just have some cheese and crackers um because that's all I can be bothered with and that again like that all just feeds into this thing of you're not worth more you're not you know you you will make sure that your kids have full nutritious meals apart from obviously when you're giving them chicken nuggets and chips which we all do um but you know like I, I hear that from mums all the time you know or they've like prepped meals for their kids especially if they're younger for the entire week but nothing for themselves and then you end up just not eating very well so that's my thing that I sort of invest in is that it means I don't have to think about and plan my meals I don't have to go shopping for like food um, but it also is a way to make sure that I eat well um, and I think anything like that that I think you can look at and a lot of that like obviously um, finance and your situation is is going to determine that to a certain extent but sometimes it is about your mindset and about looking at like your finances and saying okay well maybe could I do this a bit differently? So when I first started doing HelloFresh, I don't want this whole conversation to be about HelloFresh. People are going to think I'm like in a paid partnership. I'm not. Um, <laughs> whatever it might be, um, I was doing it every other week. And then when I like did all the maths, it worked out that actually it was the same money as what I spent if I didn't get it. And it was just making that commitment to it, but saying it's okay, you can do this. Um, and I think sometimes it just it's just like saying to yourself, it's okay and I'm worth this okay. investment or it's not even an indulgement but if you want to feel like it's an indulgement if you want anything that you do to help you if you think that's an indulgement that's fine um why yeah, not take stuff off your load take yeah. stuff off your load and know that like that's okay and it's like yeah why not even indulge because ultimately not, what I've learned from this pandemic is that like life is so short our jobs aren't necessarily secure. Our health isn't secure because it could be another pandemic. Like life is so mm -hmm. fragile. So when it, one thing I realized is that if you do want to have a chocolate cake, obviously consider your health as well, but if you do want to have a chocolate cake, go and bloody have it because 
tomorrow isn't actually promised and that's one thing yeah. I've noticed with this this pandemic is just whatever you are afraid of just do it because yeah. we're here today and possibly gone tomorrow kind of thing so just if you want to indulge indulge if you want to get hello fresh every day get hello fresh every day and get some sponsorship as well for them for them <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've got enough followers for that but um yeah like you know like, or, or it might be a cleaner it might be a gardener it might be a babysitter because you know if you, you you can't rely on family babysitters are expensive you know or it might feel expensive it might feel like oh I can't justify this babysitter you know I you know I can't I, and and you know for some people I get it like finances just might not permit that but I think before bef- that before you go to that as your sort of reason and like look at could you make it work you know actually is there something else you maybe don't need to spend the money on that you could do that and I think that um it is about just saying it's okay to prioritize yourself and your needs and um I'm a big believer in like I don't you know I don't think that your um, house should necessarily turn into like something off of a channel for a tv documentary but it doesn't necessarily need cleaning as much as you think it does like and and the more you clean the more it just needs doing anyway mm-hmm. um and it's the same with the washing up so if you get some child free time just leave the housework like leave it like obviously you know like wash your kids clothes and that but I think you know it's about picking your you can't do everything all of the time and it's okay to not do those things um all of the time I mean like don't never clean your house yeah no but (laughs) But, the podcast I was talking about the the woman actually um said that leaders actually delegate and that's one thing that I find a lot of single moms that we we want to do it we are like octopuses like we want to do everything ourselves we need to if when when you find out that the the rich people people at the top actually know that what their strengths are and what their weaknesses are and then mm. they whatever their weaknesses that is what they delegate so if you know you can't clean the house every day delegate if you know you can't do the ironing delegate if you know if you've got a younger sister for example that you can give five pounds to come over to, or ten pounds to come over to your house to do all the ironing whilst you do the washing up delegate because yeah. like it, yeah whatever your weakness is let someone else you know be able to sew into that and and help you yeah and like I, I think as well start to question the things that you do that you might have done all of the time because you think you need to do it right so do you need to do the ironing and fair enough like if you have to iron your kids school uniform or if you love freshly ironed sheets fine I don't even own an iron like someone a friend came to stay with me a little while ago and she was like do you have an iron and I was like I don't think I do I don't think I even own one um but you know other things might be a priority for me that aren't a priority for other people but I think we we get so used to doing things that we think we have to do and part of like your sort of self-worth and just sort of feeling a bit more like empowered and confident is about going do I need to do these things um or am I doing them because that's what society tells me that's because that's what I've always believed that's because that's what I was told as a child and actually going like do I need to do the ironing? Um, and do I want to do the ironing? That's just an example, right? But it could be anything. Yeah. Um, and maybe I don't. And, and I think sometimes it's about giving yourself the space and the permission to just question and challenge yeah. those things that I just don't think we do. We just do them because that's what we think we have to do. And building that self-worth and confidence helps with being able to make those decisions. I think that it's about kind of, 
you know a lot of the time we just we do stuff because it's the status quo yeah and you know I I think a lot of sort of what has working on my self-worth and building my confidence has helped me to do is really challenge that and just say just because this is what we're told to do this is just because this is what society says it doesn't make it true and it doesn't mean that this is what I have to settle for um but it, it took me to get to a certain point before I felt confident enough to both challenge that and then stand in it that's brilliant so now that you have done your own um kind of discovery of what self-worth is how do you then help moms build their self-worth like because I know a lot of moms are they're broken they are um, tired they um, might be in a job that they they hate I was in a job for 10 years that I I despise I've shared it on my on my podcast I studied law I didn't want to study law because I'm Nigerian like we have two options in life with law become a lawyer become a doctor yeah <laughs> so I then studied a course I hated worked in a job for 10 years that I hated and yeah my self-worth was really really low I was doing things for other people and as a single mom where you have no one else to kind of bounce off of because even if you are in a relationship you can at least come home and say oh babe this person got on my on my nerves today and you can sit down and watch Netflix and eat popcorn and have a, a magnificent time because you can kind of have that kind of offloading to someone because sometimes you even call your I do it now I'm guilty of it now when I'm I'm, I'm tense and I'll call my girlfriend just to offload so yeah. how if you haven't got anyone around you that have the partner you've just got you and your child how do you teach a woman how to identify what her self-worth is um so I think for me one of the like really important things um that's important to me is to start really quite basic and quite simple and um, particularly if I'm working with mums who've never done anything like this before they don't like make time for themselves necessarily um necessarily I said right yeah um is and so to start quite simple um a so that it's not sort of like really overwhelming and sort of daunting but also just because like I want to be really realistic and I understand that um to a certain extent doing a lot of this stuff can can be quite privileged and that there are lots of like real actual practical barriers for um mums particularly single mums I think there are a number of barriers that that aren't that as real but that's when you start to do the sort of when you look at the mindset stuff but there are real barriers as well and so I want it to be realistic and accessible and I want to make sure that people can relate to it but also you're not likely to stick to things if actually it's really unachievable so when I first started um you know getting into coaching and stuff one of the things that lots of people talked about was like a morning routine where you did a bit of you know yoga and you did, you had your smoothie and you did some journaling and you did your affirmations I mean my mornings do not look like that. My yeah. mornings don't look like that. And they can't, like, not while my kid's young, not while, you know, like, it's just, it's unrealistic for me. Mm. And so I do manage to potentially fit those things in when they're a priority for me, but they're not in a sort of morning routine. So I think the first thing is about being realistic, but giving people the permission to make that space. So I start by getting people to look at something they want to do in like five or 10 minutes a day. And that could be some journaling, that could be some exercise, that could be some meditation, um, that could be like talking to a girlfriend if you want. It could be like dancing in the kitchen. It, it doesn't matter. Something that brings you joy, but giving yourself the permission to do that for like five.
five to 10 minutes a day, every day. And I sort of start there and build out really, because um, I think once people then start getting into the habit of that, it, it starts to give them the confidence and empower them and, and, and they sort of get into the habit of making time for themselves. So that's the sort of like first step, I think, um, for me. And then um, I guess as people like get into it and get used to more giving time for themselves, giving permission for themselves, um, I might start to um, explore with people um, to, I guess, try and get clarity on what it is that that is going on for them and what they would really like to change or focus on. Because I think for a lot of people, they don't know. They just know that it doesn't feel good or that they feel stuck or that, you know, life feels chaotic. So I try to help them get clarity and sort of see through that chaos, I guess. Um, and I think you really do need, like you don't necessarily need to do that with someone, but you, you perhaps need like the right prompts or template to be able to do that with. And I think a lot of it is just someone, giving you that time and space to do to do it whether it's you know like through permission whether it's through like giving someone a task whether it's someone holding you accountable to like allocate that time um and then once there's um I've sort of like helped people get clarity and um, we start to look at like mindset and the things that um I guess for them is going on for them that will be holding them back and really helping people to identify what that might be yeah and then how you start to like shift it and turn turn it around that's brilliant that's brilliant so do you how do your clients feel after they have like a session do they feel like relieved do they because obviously they'll have to implement everything that you've you've suggested like the five minutes identifying their why for example so mm -hmm. um do you oftentimes feel like they you have to do the inner work and then you're able to move to like another stage yeah, and, and I think for a lot of people, it might be, which was my experience, I guess, uh, a few years ago, it might be the first time that they've ever given themselves permission to, to do this, to sort of think about what it is they want and allow themselves to want more and allow themselves to like dream. Because I think a lot of the time, I think we settle, we settle as women a lot, we settle as mum mums and we even more so settle as single mums and whether that's in relationships whether that's in our jobs you know I think there's this thing of like oh well my workplace is flexible and they let me turn up a little bit late and they let me leave early and they don't mind that I'm a single mom and I need to go and pick up my kid so I'm just gonna accept this yeah um but you know one of the things that has always really bothered me is that in order for me to manage my like in order for me to have time with my son and manage the whole like drop-offs and um uh pickups I would I work reduced hours but I take a significant pay cut for that and so in order for me to ever earn more I have to um work more hours and take on far more responsibility that tends to be the way it goes in the corporate world um and for me like we're sold this message that we can do both or we can have it all and blah 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 and I don't think we can I think that that's a lie that we're we're sort of sold um and so we fall into this trap of believing that and actually I, I don't think that you can do it all and I think it's really difficult yeah. um, especially if you don't have the support of a partner or you know the support of a nanny or those kind of things um but I also think that one tends 
to always suffer. So the more like stressful or responsibility my work is, that impacts my son and vice versa. But do you not think that if the government, for example, because I saw one of your posts in regards to the benefits as well, like yeah. I find that a lot of mums have to kind of pick whether, okay, some mums, let me not say a lot, um, some mums have to pick whether, okay, if I, if I come off of benefits, how much am I going to have to pay in childcare? So it's kind of like you yeah. have to make a choice in working or being at home and being able yeah. to pay rent and, and feed your child, pay gas, pay electricity. And it's so sad. Like I know I read somewhere that in Holland, for example, their childcare system is so frigging amazing that even down to the point whereby you can get employment and um, they've got like a daycare in the same office I have never like it blew my mind and their productivity in Holland is, is amazing because they actually are so centered like human focused if that's the right word that they actually care about the mother they care about the child they know that okay during your lunch break you can you can go down and see your child you can um have like a proper work-life balance and it's so sad that we have to we have to pick you know, yeah. we have to pick. And even down to right now, I'm doing this Zoom with you. My laptop is in my son's room because, you know, like he, whilst he's sleeping, I'm working. So at least he can still see me, you know, whilst he, I yeah. do the time, I can, I still have to work kind of thing. Yeah. But it's so sad that we can't, like, we can't have it all. And I want, I think we should be able to have it all. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that, like, I'm really passionate about that, which is why I'm trying to obviously start my own business so that I can try and create that life where I think I can have more of a balance and that balance doesn't equate to lower pay. Yeah. So in the corporate world, more balance, i.e. like reduced hours, which isn't time off, it's time with my son or to manage like pickup means less pay, right? So Whereas in, 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 in your own business, potentially like that, that isn't the case. That's my hope. But I think that I had to go, go through a whole process where I said, okay, so this is what I want. Yeah. And then I had to like believe that that was possible for myself. And then I had to do the work to, to believe that I was worthy of that. And so like, I, like I'm allowed to want that for a start, like not even like the first step isn't even allowing you to, um, to, to go out and get it. It's, it's allowing yourself to like want it in the first place, because I, I think most of us, we don't even dare to do that. It's that, it's that settling of like, oh, I'm just going to be, you know, just settle for what I'm doing now because it's flexible or they pay me all right or you know it's just comfortable um and I, and and I think you're right I think we should be able to have it all and we should um we should feel empowered and worthy enough to 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 want it all and and be able to sort of say that and I think if if people are telling you that you can't I, I think society often is is not set up um to allow you to have it all especially if you are a single mom and if people are telling you that you can't have it all, then p potentially that is um, triggering something for them. I don't know, but- um... That kind of leads me for the, to one of the questions I was gonna ask you. So why do you think so many women lack confidence um, in creating a better life then? Um, yeah, so I guess it goes back to, I think a lot of what we're told um, as women, um, and then as mums, as single mums, but, but, you know, just women in general, I think there's a lot of expectations, a lot of expectations and a lot of pressure on us to be all of these 
things all of the time. Um, and that that's an impossible standard, right? So of course, you're not going to feel good because you're never meeting these expectations. But the expectations are like unrealistic in the first place. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, we're expected, it, women are expected to like, look well good in a way that like men aren't they're expected to be these all singing all dancing mums we're now expected to be like women who earn money and have good jobs and have kids and look good and do fitness and like you know all of these things and it's completely unrealistic and unfair um and and so we're we're, we're probably never going to meet those standards so we're never going to feel good about that you know, and, and we're seeing what we think other people are doing that um, and comparing ourselves. Um, and obviously social media feeds into that. Um, and again, like none of it is 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 true. Um, so I think we're told stories from like quite a young age. Um, and I think society puts that on us. I, I also think that like confidence doesn't come naturally for a lot of people and neither does um like self-worth and um, some people are born with it and some people um have more than that than others because of their experiences in childhood but we're not like we're not we're not just some of us are just gifted confidence but most of us aren't but do you know what um, i find what i find crazy about the fact that um when i do speak to a lot of moms and they said they're not confident or they're not strong and especially being a single mom i think being a single mom is by far the most the bad baddest badass thing absolutely. you could ever freaking do and absolutely. it just hurts my heart when I hear mom saying oh um I, I I can't do this because of that but you're a single mom that is the boldest thing you could ever do as a human being go yeah, out alone absolutely. have a child raise that child alone and oftentimes you know when you hear that quote about um Oh, behind a behind a man is behind every good man or behind every great man is a, is a woman. I oftentimes think about like the relationships I've been in, and the men emotionally cannot handle life. Like they break, and they'll come to you as these bro broken creatures, telling you, oh, "I'm stressed out over this." And you, as a woman, I don't know what kind of power we have, but we know how to build men up. We say, "Do you know what? Get up. You can do this." I love you, I support you. And we are building men and edifying men. And because I feel like we as women, we know how to process our emotions. Like I said earlier, sometimes you can call a girlfriend, we can identify when we have problems. So we are so equipped and we, if we only we just can tell ourselves that I, I have already got the equipment, everything that I need to be this confident woman that I just have yeah. to switch on that light. The light bulb is already there from when you're from when you have said I'm a mum, I can do this. That light is already there in that house of yours called life. You just have to switch it on. That is it. Uh, yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And that's like one of my passions is that like I think that if if, if you're a mum and if you're a single mum, like you have all of these powers inside of you that I think that you're, you're potentially not recognising or tapping into. And part of that is because I think society doesn't recognise those as super, as powers right and and as they it doesn't get the credit so that and and what you're referring to in terms of how we are processing um we process emotions like the feminine energy and what the feminine energy is capable of so we all have like masculine and feminine energy but masculine when you're in your masculine energy that's all when you're like productive and you're into do mode and all of those things and um that's what society values 
or has valued much more of so that's what we value as like if we have to be productive we have to you know get through our to-do list we have to be achieving things and that's like that's where we place a lot of ourself like worth and value but actually I think in the, the the like the emotions and the sort of inner um in intuitive um like powers that women have is far more powerful um I think that yeah society hasn't allowed us to like value that so it doesn't value it in in the same way um so we don't have the sort of confidence and and in 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 what is in us and when I and I think that's what's sort of like really helped me has uh, as my sort of journeys progressed and I've been able to look at like everything I'm doing and achieving by myself and I think like if you can do that you can do anything mm -hmm. you can like this is the hardest thing that you will ever do and not not everyone like yeah not a lot of men can do it there's a reason why there's far more single uh, moms than men right there are far more like that is like fact there is like I think um I can't remember what the statistic is but the the single parent households I think are like 80 percent like women wow. wow yeah um so obviously like there are single dads out there and but but also like that's another thing is that single moms get this like really bad reputation and it like single dads could not like could not be more heroic like yes. you, you know if you were in a park and like some and I said oh you know like I'm a single mom it might be like oh whereas if you like if a dad was in a park and he announced that he was a single dad you'd probably have women like flock around him and just yes. be like oh my god yeah. like we you know that we just don't get that same <laughs> um but anyway I've, I've I've digressed yeah I think that um back to your point about what like single mums can do I just think the way that we hold things together and the amount of stuff that we're doing is incredibly powerful and I want like I want mums to see that about themselves and I want them to really like tap into that and know how much they're capable of and if they think that they're they're not if they can't see that that's that's about what you have been told either by society or as a child those are beliefs that you are like holding on to that aren't true and one of my like real passions is getting people to really challenge that and see that what they might believe about themselves in terms of what they can or cannot do is and then being able to sort of challenge that and realize that that might not be true is one of the most powerful things you yeah. can do for me when I went through that process and like really challenged things that I'd believed about myself for a long time and and then when when I when I sort of realized that there was no truth or basis in it I was like shit oh gosh no sorry all right um like, what does this mean for me now what am I capable of yeah. like what possibilities are there and I think part of that is that, that it's scary to do that right it's yeah. scary to know what we might be capable of so it's easier for us to stay cool it's easier for us to stay comfortable it's easier for us to believe the stories that we've already we've always told ourselves yeah. so if we tell ourselves we're not confident if we tell ourselves we're not good at this or this can never be me or that's for other people not for me that's way more comfortable that means you can stay comfortable in your comfort zone over there but once you start to say oh that might not be true and maybe I can be that person or do all of these things. That's really scary. 
I saw a quote um, somewhere and it said, um, um, what if I fall? And then underneath it said, but what if you fly? You know, mm. so mm. you really need to just say, what if, what if I fly? Even with, down to the podcast, like I was so afraid of, of um, putting myself out there and I didn't realize how passionate I was and how confident I was even down to reaching out to people and yeah just the, the amount of people that I've been able to speak to that just different walks of life that in actual fact I'm quite of a although people think I'm, a, I'm an extrovert I'm quite of an introvert <laughs> if I go around mm. I'm, I'm the quiet one but the pure fact that I'm, I'm I was able to even do this just shows me that you 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 just go whatever it is you want to do life is too short um don't wait for anyone else's validation we make mistakes so even if you are trying something for the first time if it's a business the more mistakes you make the better it is for you it's better you make the mistakes at the beginning than get to wherever you want to go to and start making the mistakes there so more mistakes you make the better even with parenting as well like no one absolutely yeah if we all were perfect parents, none of us would be in therapy, you know, or none of us yeah. would need some sort of assistance. And so nothing in life is perfect. No one is perfect. And like my Nigerian mom says all the time, even your teeth bite your tongue, you know? So we, even we hurt our I own like that. <laughs> so yeah, we hurt I like that. So um, yeah, no one is perfect. And I saw something online as well. They put, um, going back to men and the fact that we are told in society that we're like kind of like the weaker sex they they put this the machine do you never like for contra- contractions during pregnancy they yeah. put the machines on men and they could yeah. not withstand it can you believe that they could yeah not i can't believe it, it. <laughs> i can't <laughs> believe it they could not withstand the contraction you know so i'm just like also if you look into the history of the contraceptive of contraceptive pills mostly but any like hormonal contraceptive but um i think the first one was the 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 pill it's really really interesting and one of the reasons why they um so initially the the hormonal pill was awful like it was like i still think it's pretty bad and it makes us like it messes with hormones and stuff but like when it first came out it was really bad um and like women were sort of like some women were suicidal that kind of thing anyway they, they they looked at whether they would do it on male and female and they quickly dismissed the fact that they would ever do it on men because they didn't think that men would be able to deal with the um like emotional and hormonal side effects of it and that they and didn't think that they should have to so that's why that's one of the main reasons why contraceptive has always been aimed at females like they could probably make a pill for the man if they wanted to but they've yeah it you know it crazy. women should women that. should suffer all of those side effects of the pill and not or, or any other hormonal contraception and not men was the premises of 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 um yeah yeah because i know yeah. like women want to work programs and stuff and a lot of men that their 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 wife is asking them to go and have like the snip um, and the men are like no i'm not doing it you go and tie your tubes i'm not going to go and mess around with my my bits down below so yeah it's so sad that we have to carry that kind of that burden of yeah like we we're the ones that have to be responsible even down to having condoms as well it's kind of like men that even want to carry that like you have to have the hold hold the condoms in your house and if you do have it it's like oh why do you even have it so it's kind of like a catch yeah 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 Yeah, absolutely absolutely like a catch 22 but how do you help women find their purpose and the life that they actually want? Given that you have um, gone through that journey and now you know what you want to do, how do you help women? How do you walk them through that? 
Yeah, so I guess um, as I've sort of, I don't want to sort of keep repeating myself because it will be like boring for people, but I think one of the first things is just about give um, creating that space for mum. Um, so that might be like in my Facebook group, I do, um, I started doing like a live journaling session once a month um, where, um, yeah, people can join in and do live um, uh, journaling with me. Um, or I might do a live on creating space and then give people um, um, a task or an action off the back of that. Um, so the first thing is just about helping them to create that space in the first place to give them the time to think about it. Because I think that's, that's what we lack. We don't carve out like half an hour of our evening to read a book about it or to listen to a podcast about it. Um, and, 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 and it's also that it's kind of like, if, if, if you really want to do, do things, if you really want to sort of focus on this, there are things that you can also like factor in if you are busy. Like I would say, like you need to start making more time for yourself, but maybe initially it might just start looking like finding a podcast that might talk about the subjects that you are interested in and listening to it on the way back from your nursery run or your school run whatever but like don't answer emails on the way back don't you know respond to whatsapps give yourself that time to listen to that podcast yeah. don't you know do anything else um so just really like helping them to create that space um initially um and then um, through sort of uh, the, the, the sort of clarity work that I do, so that will be sort of types of questions that I ask, um, helping people to look at different areas of their life. So there's a tool such tool such as the, the Wheel of Life, which looks at different areas of your life and you can sort of give it a score of where you are, where you wanna be, and that helps you sort of prioritize. Um, so really just giving people the, helping people get that clarity on what it is and that would be through yeah um sort of some journaling some um direct questions I might ask them guiding them in um the sort of lives I do in my group um and then it would be and then I'm quite um what I think is important is about having both mindset and strategy or like mindset and then taking action. Um, but I think you need to do the sort of mindset stuff first. Yeah. Um, so I would work with mums to look at that clarity, try and get like an idea of what it is they want to focus on. And, and just through that sort of questioning questions that they probably have never some of them are like deep questions but some of them are quite simple questions that actually we never give ourselves the time to ask or we don't ask ourselves or they're not the type of questions that your friends ask you know um it might just be like what brings you joy yeah. and most of us have never we don't sit down and think about that very much because we don't give ourselves that opportunity so once someone decides that that's what they want to do and they want to invest in themselves um, and that like time-wise, financially, you're then creating that space to help them really think about and guide them through that. Um, and, and then there's the sort of, once they've started to figure that out, mm -hmm. I then work with them to look at what might be getting in their way. So what might be holding them back? So if I sort of worked with a mom and we worked out that she really didn't like her job and she wanted to like leave and start her own business, what are the sort of mindset things and beliefs that she's holding on to that are going to like stop her from ever even 
you know, thinking of that. And we would work through that. And then we would look at the sort of next steps in terms of taking action and what that might look like. Brilliant. No, when you said um, that, what brings you joy? Something that I actually haven't heard anyone really say. That's so profound. It's something that people don't actually ask. So what brings you joy then? Oh, oh, oh now you've put me on the spot. <laughs> um so this kind of thing really brings me joy I love like connecting with people I love talking about these sort of subjects um I love podcasts uh, I love the whole sort of uh coaching space and self-development self-growth um type space um I love learning new things um I really love reading I read mostly non-fiction and sort of uh, self-development type um books um occasionally i'll read a fiction book if someone <laughs> um have you read the atomic atomic habits no oh, okay I'll, I'll i'll actually get your address and send it to you because that's the best book I've oh ever wow read. that would be great yeah i have i've read a text that you referred to earlier which i really enjoyed um, um and what else brings me joy um yeah, I think I get a lot from people. So my family and friends bring me joy. And I think that's why I really enjoy like doing things like this and meeting new people and um, talking. I enjoy doing my sort of my Facebook group and my coaching work because I just really enjoy people, I think, and in connecting with people and interacting with people. And I really value time with people, especially loved ones, which was I guess a big driver for me in terms of creating a different life for myself was so that I can spend that time with loved ones and of course that does um, mean Ezra but it also means other people it also means friends it also means family um, but sort of having the freedom to be able to to do that and it not always be like I've got to cram everything in onto on into a Saturday because yeah. that's the only day you have um I love dancing. Dancing brings me joy. Oh, brilliant. brilliant. So how, how did you um, find the pandemic then, being a single mum during it? Like, was it difficult for you or did you excel? Both. I think both. Um, I think the pandemic was where I sort of did a lot of this work and discovered a lot of things and decided to... Um, like enter into the coaching world and try and start an online business but it was yeah it was lonely it was really lonely um I, I found it um perhaps less challenging than some people because I I was able to carry on working um in my in my uh normal job quote unquote um I, I guess people refer to it as corporate it just doesn't feel corporate because it's a charity but um people will know what I'm referring to because it, it was considered a key worker I carried on working and I was able to keep Ezra in nursery so we had some normality we had some routine um we you know I had something to focus on and I wasn't trying to parent my toddler in a house a tiny flat in southeast London with no garden um but yeah I found I found lots of it hard I found the 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 inequality of it all very challenging you know um uh, I found people's judgment about things really hard you know I left whatsapp groups because I had people being you know judgmental over people who were still going to the park and then they would send selfies of themselves having a beer in their garden and I was like yeah I, mean, I, I couldn't I think that division is kind of still echoed now oh absolutely like a, 
especially with with my um with my views on like the vaccine and stuff my mom's like she's had her vaccine I don't want to have a vaccine and she like there's like a massive divide now with like and I just think oh, when will it ever stop there's always something that's just echoing through society there always has to be some sort of divide if it's racial sexual financial now the vaccine it's like when will it stop well uh, yeah I mean I'm quite cynical about that kind of thing I think it probably won't because um if they divide us then they're more powerful um it's that divide and conquer approach and and I think you know the inequalities that we we saw in the pandemic and then post-pandemic were not they didn't not exist they were always there I think the pandemic brought it to light for a lot of um people um yeah I mean I lived I live around the corner from my mum and dad conveniently um so I was still able to see them when we were allowed um and but yeah I think just similar to other people and and it, and it being waves right so there were times where you know uh, yeah I was I was all right and times when 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 I wasn't but I did think that that um that the sort of inequality of it all and people's yeah perspective was was always going to be different depending on your your sort of situation um but I, I, yeah and I, I think in some ways being a single mom helped a little bit with my boundaries compared to other people so I made it really clear with my work that I wouldn't work from home with Ezra like that wasn't something I was going to be able to manage oh, wow. um and that was before I knew we were getting the key worker status because I think it's unrealistic like Ezra would have to have been in front of the tv like the entire day for me to work a full day mm. um and I'm not prepared to do that like I don't my job isn't worth that for me like knowing how long it went on um that that's just my personal choice there's no judgment on you know like I think everyone's like people's work wasn't necessarily as flexible as mine um but I think that a lot of I saw a lot of my friends who were in couples trying to juggle it all right so they would be like all right you do one meeting and I'll do the childcare, and I'll do another meeting and I'll do the childcare." whereas I just blanket said no I can't do that like I don't have that choice I don't have anyone else at home with me so I, I'm not going to do both um I mean I was fortunate enough to get the key worker status and I guess I'm fortunate enough that um I work for an organization that I felt comfortable doing that but again I think that comes back to having got to a place where I did feel more confident and I did like my self-worth it I, I just felt like you know if it had come to it and they'd said we'll fire you <laughs> it probably would have been a different story but just being able to put up those boundaries I think around like work and looking after Ezra that came from because I'd done the work on boundaries and my self-worth um so even down to that I think it, it plays out in everything we do it plays out in how we show up at work it plays out in whether we think it's we're worth making the time for ourselves to dance for 10 minutes a day it, it shows up so much and I think without yeah that sort of self-worth you you are going to struggle to like have those boundaries and put those things in place for yourself whatever that might look like no I think self-worth is yeah something that we we all have to have and yeah like you just said that if you have self-worth and you've identified who you are what you stand for people respect it more like I remember reading somewhere about this lady it's like a book about dating and she said that she said to her the guy that was asking her out that okay pick me up at nine 
and I think it was like nine, nine fifteen or so. Um, and then he like rocked up and knocked on her door. And um, she said, I'm not going out on a date with you. He's like, why? Sorry, I'm only 15 minutes late. She said that, no, like, I'm not going out on a date with someone that does not value my time. You're meant to be at nine o'clock and you're late. Bam, shut the door. Um, he pleaded and begged and begged and begged. And she actually gave him another chance. This guy was there at 8.45. <laughs> he was there early because she had set the standard. Like, you, this is how, and I wish... Obviously, like that's just like lighthearted, but imagine if we all showed up in the world like yeah. that, you know, in our yeah. careers with our children, even with our family members, whereby you can't dump certain things on me emotionally or just have, expect me to do this for you. Like, if we all showed up like that, knowing who we are and having our own blueprint that we ourselves are not gonna like move. You know, it would be so magnificent. I'm still learning myself. Um, oh, oh, and 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 absolutely. So am I. Like, I yeah, I I hundred percent need to say that it is very much a working progress. And I think these things are forever. Mm. Um, you know, you you don't suddenly like do a little bit of work and do some journaling and then wake up with loads of self worth. Like, it's an ongoing process. And I think you take dips, you take hits. You know, you will still have moments where your self worth and your confidence is lower. Like that that still happens. I think. But once you start to do the work, once you know, you know, right? And, and I feel like there's no going back. And so what you have that you might not have had before is the tools to come back to, the techniques to come back to, the mindset to come back to. So your mindset will take a dip. Your mindset will take some hits. But but the blueprint is there because you've you've started that process. And so you can come back to it. And and the, the dip might last a day or it might last a month or a year. But you are in my experience, you you always come back to it because because, you know, you know what you've done and you know what you've had and you know that you can sort of come back to that. Um, and, and I think it's just about having that. I, I was thinking about the work example and just knowing that a lot of what my self-worth and confidence in myself has shown me is and you know part of this is getting like really comfortable with who you are and not worrying about what other people think as much and this all comes with with as part of the process is knowing that actually we become quite egocentric which is really normal um, and we think that it's all a reflection on us and if someone isn't respecting my boundaries or is pushing back on my boundaries and then I have to push back and they don't like it I'm now in a position where I can be like this is about you and not me this is your problem and not my problem but it's taking me a long time to get there um, and it's still a working progress and I still have to sometimes I don't realize and I come back to it and I'm like oh hang on a minute you said this thing and actually that wasn't okay and I have to come back to that um, I don't always realize it in the moment um, but I, that's been like game changing for me in terms of like really feeling that confidence in myself to know that you know you might be challenged on things or your boundaries might be pushed but actually it sometimes it's about you uh, so I'm not saying you know like you're never wrong and, 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 you know, that's sort of about having good self-awareness, but that it, it can just be about the other person. It isn't always a reflection on you, like being bad or doing something wrong or not being good enough, um, despite how people might want to make you feel. But yeah, it takes time to like really ground yourself in that. And it is very much a work in progress as you, as you say. Definitely, definitely. I think, yeah, ultimately what you said is right. We're not always the lead actor in, in the movie. Sometimes we're just, you know, um what's what's the word 
um, an extra. That's the word I was looking for. Yes. Sometimes yes. we're just the extra. And you never know what other people can be going through as well, to be quite honest. Um, it will shock you if you, you don't really know what other, what crosses they have to, to carry that they're within the domestic violence relationship. So that's why they're coming into work and they're taking it out on you. So we, we need to give ourselves grace and yes. give other people grace as well. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. 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 Definitely. And um, one of the quotes I got off of your, um, your page, if we did all the things we are capable of, we would literally astonish ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And no, it comes back to, there's another one I love that is, is similar. It's the, the Marianne Willis Williamson one. I don't know the whole quote, but it, it's, uh, she's something like, it's not, it's not the things that um, we can't do that we fear. It's the things that we, that we're actually capable of mm-hmm. um, that fear us the most. Um, and, and it's a similar thing in that I think um, those quotes come back to that point of like, once we stop believing the things that we're telling ourselves, that opens up like infinite possibilities. And that's really, really scary, um, but also astonishing. Um, and I think it's just about opening yourself up to that, which is really scary. Um, and kind of acknowledging that it's scary and it's okay to be scary um, and that you will be out of your comfort zone um, and feel all of these things as part of being out of your comfort zone but that's okay it's okay to feel that way and um, I don't think you feel it less I think you continue to feel it but you get used to it Mm. you get used to the feeling of pushing yourself out of your comfort zone to astonish yourself and realize the things that you're capable of that is brilliant so where can people find you on social media if they want to get some coaching some advice um so i'm in all the usual places um i've got um um, an instagram which i haven't been on for too long um so i'm um carly newman here and then i'm on facebook um and i've got a group um called mum powerment which is on Facebook. Um, sorry, I just said that. And I have a website, which is carlynewmancoaching.com um, and all my socials are sort of on there. Um, and so, yeah, just on the social po- um, point, the beginning of this year, I didn't have any social media. Um, I hadn't had any, for, I think I had like Facebook when I was at uni and then I got rid of it and I haven't had any. Um, and as part of all of this, I've come on to social media and that obviously brings up lots and lots of stuff and if you'd have told me I think I maybe opened it up in like February or March time I can't remember but if you'd have told me like in January that I'd be doing lives or like speaking to you in this way like I would have there's no way I would have thought that I would have done it um because it would have made me feel like physically sick um but it is just about that pushing yourself out of your comfort zone but also realizing actually what you are capable of and and that that is a big and scary thing but once you you know start to get used to it um and I I think that's just yeah important for people to know that like that's that's my journey and where I've started at the beginning of this year I didn't have any social media and it terrified me and it still does it still doesn't terrify me but you know every time I post something that's like a picture of myself and like I'm trying it still makes me feel like and she's gorgeous guys I don't know what she's talking about so (laughs) I think it's just that putting yourself out there and making yourself vulnerable it still makes me feel like you know uncomfortable sometimes but it's just about like 
doing it anyway like you said life is too short and you know just yeah putting just doing the things that make you scared <laughs> definitely yes i i strongly believe that whether whether good or bad people will judge you so just do live live Absolutely. your life yeah live your life to the fullest um yeah i hate that shoulda woulda coulda kind of aspect just just do it just just do it so yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You have been amazing. It's been refreshing um, hearing your story and identifying the fact that, yeah, we need to know more about self-worth and, yeah, working on ourselves. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's magnificent. <laughs> thank you so much for having me and for, for everything that you do as well, the podcast. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Breaking your